What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. As we're recording this, we are a week, a week away from the start of the NBA season. Well, a little bit more if we're going to be totally honest with you. But as you're listening to this, we are going to be a week from the start of the NBA season. We're doing best bets all this week. You're going to have your favorite buckets contributors. We're going to have analytics capper Albert Wynn. We're going to have Sean Little, Chicago Flow. We're going to have... Joe Delera and Jim Turvey, the Jays, as I have named them. But to lead off every episode, and we'll start with this week's win totals best bet, is my partner in crime, Brandon Anderson. Brandon and I did go through every single division, gave you best bets on every single division. You can listen to those in the podcast feed right now. But this episode is going to be, we're breaking it down. We're giving you just the best bets. And so the challenge here is for Brandon to do this in less than 45 minutes. And we're going to see if he can pull it off. But I want to let you know that everything that we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Network. And you can check out versions of this show. We've got a new live show we're going to be debuting later on in the season. We have live shows for football Wednesday and Thursday and Sunday. And I'm pretty sure if there was another day that was added to the calendar, we'd do one then too. So make sure to check out all that out as well. The Hockey Podcast Line Change, also on YouTube. All of our shows on YouTube and in the Action Network app. Make sure to check them out. All right, Brandon. So your your objective, your mission for today is to tell me your best bets for the NBA win totals for 2023-24. And to do so, because I haven't had lunch yet, to do so before I die of starvation. My friend, <laughs> take it away. All right. Well, I'm going to start with one that should be no surprise to regular Buckets listeners. Give me the Grizzlies over 45 and a half. I think you're going to hear that one again on this podcast later on. We love Memphis at Action Network. They are my number one defense. I have them as a 50-win team. I have them as possibly a 55-win team. So that is a huge margin of clearance over 45 and a half. A lot of focus on John Morant, suspension early, what they're losing with him. I think there's not enough focus on we're getting back Bain and more Jaron Jackson, more Bain this year. Adams, half of a season lost there. Luke Kennard, really good for them. They get him for the other half of the season they didn't have at the trade deadline last year. I love the switch from Dylan Brooks to Marcus Smart. We know I'm not a huge Dylan Brooks guy. I don't really love Marcus Smart either, but given the two options, I like him a lot better. I like his defense, like how it fits to the offense there. I love my defensive teams in the regular season, and they're number one for me. Taylor Jenkins, 4-0 to the over by 8.3 wins. That's effectively where I have them. That would put them about 53. That's pretty much my median outcome for them. So I'm on the Grizzlies. This is my favorite win total available. If you listen to the pod where we talk about them, I'm on one seed, 20 to one, most wins, 55 to one. This is my team for this year. If this goes wrong, why were you wrong? Yeah, I thought about that because I'm I'm on them for everything. I'm on them for half of the awards. I'm on them for so many things. I, I really just think it has to be injuries. I think it's probably got to be 
Uh, I think Jaw probably is the reason. Uh, Jaw comes back from suspension. It turns out that mattered more than I anticipated because he is he is very valuable to their offense. I only have them about league average offensively. I think it goes wrong because they never made it to league average. Jaw came back. He didn't quite fit in afterward. He got another injury, missed a month, and we finished at like. 22nd on offense or something because there's not enough other firepower there and that's where we went sideways i think it's the wings uh zaire williams is having a really good preseason mm. and there's a lot of uh, hype about him but if he doesn't make a leap they're going to be in trouble on the wings um i just yeah. don't know if they have the other guys and you know they have i think some options to make a trade but i'm with you on this as well you can check out more on that in the southwest division pod hit me with another sir I'm going to go under. Give me the Phoenix Suns under 51 and a half. I'm just going to plant my flag on this one. Look, I have the Suns as the number one offense, and you push back a little bit and we did them. You have them slightly lower than I do. The problem for me is the defense. I got them bottom five on defense. I have the Suns as my projected six seed. Uh, I have them between 40 to 48 wins. So 51 and a half to me is just too high of a number. You and I have talked a lot about the trends. Once you pass that magic number of 50, you should be leaning under until proven otherwise. I hated, hated the DeAndre Ayton trade into Nurkic and pieces. I think that's a big downgrade by minutes, by player type. Got to admit, he looked pretty good in the preseason game I just watched by them, but we'll see when they matter. I don't trust the depth on this team. There's options, but we need some answers. The offense, even though I'm giving them number one, it's a lot of duplicative stuff there between Durant, Booker, Beal, even the extended guys they got, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, a lot more the same thing. Injuries can really only hurt this team, and I think they could hurt them a lot. I just don't love the format of the team when you go all in offense, and I just don't see the defense. So they, to me, are last year's kings. They're the Hawks, the Blazers we've seen in recent years. A takeaway for me here is I'm not just going under here, but those are not teams I wanted a piece of in the playoffs either. I'm just not really in on this team. I'll play the play-in plus 750 as well. I guess I'm a Suns hater. I didn't push enough back on you on this. I want to ask you this question. Look, you compared them to like the Blazers and the Hawks. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are better than Trey Young, and they're better than <laughs> yes, like they're okay. at least they're at least like I think on the level of like Dame, and there's two of them. Like yes. to compare them to these teams, I think misses out on the top end star player component. And you know, I'm not like a star players matter that much guy. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you asked this because I had a couple of people on Twitter ask the same thing. My, my team comps that I'm doing are strictly like they're very player agnostic. They're saying, if you are the number one offense and the number 27 defense, find me another team that is that has nothing to do with, well, okay, Booker is kind of the tray here, whatever. And I realize it's flawed. It's like a similarity score, and it's based solely on what's your profile. What is a profile of a top five offense, bottom five defense? I, I totally agree that they don't compare player to player to those teams. There's clearly more offensive firepower. It's the profile of elite offense opposite of elite defense. That's the profile I'm comparing them to, even though it's pretty different ways to get there. <laughs> Is Katie a good defender? I, I think in the right construct, he is. Yes. Okay. Is Booker a good defender? I think Booker is a fine defender. I think Booker and Katie are good playoff defenders. I don't know okay. if they're going to get there for 82 games. Okay. Is Josh Okogie a good defender? Yes, absolutely. KBD? Uh, probably. I haven't seen a lot of him, but we're, 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 we're repeating the same slot now. The fifth guy yeah. is going to be a good defender. Okogie, KBD, yeah, whoever you. it is. 
Yeah, I hear you because it's like if you still got Beal and Nurkic, you're still in a little bit of trouble in pick and roll. Yeah, I can. Yeah, how, okay. I'll, I'll ask back. Nurkic is Nurkic a good defender? My instinct is no, but I'm trying to have an open mind on the possibility that like because he's got better length on the perimeter, that it's possible that he'll look better. Like my contention has always been that the combination of Dame and Nurk was bad. There was a lot of signs when I went back and ever I did film on Nurk, it was. Hey, he's a pretty good drop defender. Oh, God, Dame can't get over a screen to save his life. And so Nurk was always in a really bad spot. And he he's not good enough like Brooke Lopez to make up for that. Like, if you just get guys going downhill at Nurk continuously, the the the, the opponent's going to win those matchups. But a yeah. little bit better perimeter defense, like I think the Suns have. And I think he's probably going to grade out pretty well. Okay. I, I think that I would feel better about their chances defensively in a playoff series than I'm giving them mm. credit for in the regular season. So I think that's, that's part of it as well. All right. Hit me with a th- your third team. All right. Go back to an over here, very similar to the Grizzlies, but I'll stay in the Eastern conference. Give me the Cavs over 50 and a half. Very similar case. I love the defense. I trust your defense in the regular season. They're my number two defense behind only the Grizzlies. We got Mobley. We got Allen. I see enough offense as it is. I don't love it. I have them, uh, I believe, 12th, kind of right around middle of the pack. But the young core, everyone on the team really should get better. We often do the thing where we think all the players and all the teams get better, and that's not very fair. But when you're at the place of your career where these guys are, they really ought to be getting better. They shouldn't be getting worse. Garland, Mobley, Allen probably is what he is. But the other guys should get better. Struess and Niang, I don't think they're perfect fits, but I think they're improved depth to what this team had. Two years in a row, we've seen the Cavs for three quarters of the year be the best team in the East by all the underlying metrics for expected wins and net ratings and all that. Now, they underperform a little bit, but this team should be getting better. By roster got better and already was best in the East. I only don't like this as much as Memphis because it's 50 and a half, not 45 and a half. And the East is a little bit tougher at the top. I do love, this is my favorite division bet, plus 275. I've got the Cavs between 50 to probably not 60 wins, 50 to 58-ish range. But I like the over here a lot. I think it's a very stable regular season formula. If you're wrong, it's because the Donovan Mitchell stuff blows up, right? That's that's the easiest Correct. way for this. Yeah, that's on. an easy answer to this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And you have one more for us. Last one. I, I Any under makes me feel like I'm a hater. But let's be honest. I'm kind of a hater anyway. So I'll just do it. I am, yeah. Give me the Spurs under. Give me the Victor Wembanyama under. I'm just going to fade it out of the gates. Uh, I, I got it at 30 and a half. I think it's 29 and a half most places now. I've got the Spurs 20 to 27 wins. Uh, someone's got to lose in the West, and I think it's the Spurs. They're basically, I know they got Wemby. I know they got him, but they're pretty much running back the roster plus Wemby, and not a lot else changed last year. They were 29th on offense. I don't really know that Wemby's going to change that that much this year. The things that he's good at will help, but he's going to have the ball a bunch and be bad at some of the things that he'll be bad at right away, too. I don't see where the offense comes from. They were dead last defensively. That's going to get better for sure. Part of it is they tanked at the end of the year. They're going to try now. Part of it is, oh, right, they have a 10-foot guy in the middle of the (laughs) the court managing everything. But I don't think they're going to suddenly be like 10th defensively overnight here. I think they're going to be improved, but not enough. Pop, I don't like betting against him, but since Kawhi's last year in this kind of new era Spurs, three and three to the over. So half over, half under. I just think we're getting a bit of a market bump here from the Wemby hype. Like I, I want ways to fade the Wemby hype in, I, I'll, I'll be interested long term, 
But in the short term, 29 and a half, 30 and a half, it's still a little too high for me. So I'll take the under. Is it easier, in your opinion, for bad teams to get over with defense or with offense? Defense. Because, number one, defense is more easily created by coaching and scheme, even if the talent wasn't necessarily there. Mm-hmm. And it's also more stable night to night. Like we talk about like defense travels, defense shows up on the road. And yeah, I think also offense is just more predictable. We pretty much know who's good at offense in the NBA. Not always. Sometimes like Larry Markinen suddenly becomes a superstar offensive player and we don't see it coming. Right? I certainly didn't. Uh, but I think you kind of know who the stars are offensively. And you can't just like scheme up an offense. Not in the NBA. In the NFL, it'd be a little different. You can scheme up some things. But in the NBA, you just got to have like stars that are great at offense. And I don't think teams at the bottom have that. That's why they're at the bottom. I would say Vassell, Keldon, Sohan, Branham. Collins, I think, is a, a weird one to analyze. Chetty's fine. There, there's a lot of, of, I think, not bad defenders here. I agree. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see with... Weminyama, he had two steals the other night in a block in the preseason game versus OKC. Um, it'll be very interesting to see kind of like what the de- what the defense kind of looks like, and it may just be the teams like beast them inside because he's yeah he's too he's he's not strong enough. But also like I keep coming back to this, which is like you can knock him out of the way, and his wingspan is long enough for him to still block. <laughs> you. Yeah, so. I agree. It, you know my aphorism: like, basically, with offense, if you got young guards playing through, then I'm going to be skeptical there. Defense, if you have young bigs, I'm skeptical. So it's hard. You know how I'm on the scouting thing. I was very high on Devin Vassell because of his two way ability. I love Jeremy Sohan. Obviously, I love Wembenyama's defensive ability. I, I like a lot of the defensive pieces here, but it still has to all fit together. It still has to to play. And two. Part of it is that defense is not separated. Like it's going back and forth down the court. And if you can't ever score the ball at all and yeah. you're turning it over and giving the other team easy buckets, that plays against your defense too. Even though that, like, like I, I think the Spurs will rate higher in your list because of how you value half court. I think the Spurs yeah. will be a really good half court defense, but that they're going to end up giving up some easy stuff because it's just like a young team that's going to make some mistakes. That tracks. That tracks. Okay. That's. Brandon Anderson and his four win total best bets for 2023-24. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, joining us next on our win totals tour to force here for best bets, I've got the Jays, and they, they're both fighting over being Jason Tatum, uh, <laughs> Jim Turvey and Joe DeLera. Guys, I need your best bets for win totals. Jim Turvey at Turvey Bets in the Action Network app. Let's start with you. What are your best bets for win totals this season? Yeah, I'm going to just really quickly plug two that have already been covered by folks here, so I won't dive too deep into them. But Denver Nuggets under 54 and a half. That's one that we've been giving out since the summer. It's, I think every single action person's on it. So that's great. That never fails. Um, but it does seem like <laughs> it does seem like they are primed to be focused on the the long the long term here. Their depth is, you know, not what it not what it was last season. Um, I could see them, you know, winning 52 games, being very content with that. And, you know, not 
not needing to push at the end of the season. Um, win total adjacent, Suns play-in at plus 700. This was a Brandon Anderson find. I was looking for a way to fade them. Uh, this is my absolute favorite way. The West is so crowded. Getting plus 700 for them to just be in that 7 to 10 morass. Um, I love that. So those are two very quick. Um, but my personal favorite that has not been covered here yet is Hawks over 41 and a half. Um, I really like this Hawks team. And I think this is my favorite way to play them. I think they have a really high floor. They've got that Quinn Snyder regular season floor. Uh, they, this is a number that they've, they've cleared. They've either cleared or been one away from in both their actual record and their Pythag the last three seasons. The only miss was last season they landed right on 41. Their Pythag was right over. The two seasons before that, they cleared it both easily. Um, John Collins leaving town, I'm hoping, uh, will be a bit of uh, addition by subtraction because I am a, a big Anyeka Okongwu guy, hoping that um, Quinn believes in him as much as I do, gets him some more minutes in that front court. Uh, AJ Griffin season is officially starting. He is my, my favorite hipster NBA player for this season. I think I'm excited to see if he can he can break out. Um, but really, it's just a, I think it's one of the most high floor of the the win total bets. So that is my favorite singular win total bet. Love it. Uh, very high on it. We talked about it in our, our division preview pod. We really like that. We think it's a great play. Uh, I'm with you on A.G. Griffin. I'm with you on Yoko Kongwu. Jalen Johnson looks good. Coaching upgrades, massive yeah. here. Really like that. Um, Denver, you know, it's like we, we bet that one out right out the gate. Like, we just, like, bam, nailed it. And I was like, yeah, because they're going to be lazy after winning the championship. And they have no depth. And now we're in preseason. And I'm like... They look engaged and like they're ready to run over everyone. <laughs> Julian Strother looks like a steal. Fuck. Like I'm very <laughs> concerned about Nuggets under. I'm very concerned. Like there's a lot of ways for us to get there. And I've done, I've, I've talked about on our pods about when these numbers are above 50, you should pretty much auto bet under, even though I have some overs yeah. on, on the, in the fifties. If there it's above 54, you should especially auto bet under. So I'm fine with it. But pre preseason has me real shook with how like the Nuggets definitely seem like the most chill. Yeah, no, like I mean we're not really like invested, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, we want sixty, but like I don't know, we didn't really like that's how they feel. They feel very much like those Spurs team that were like, yeah, we won sixty games. You know, it was a good season, and you're like you're assholes. Um, all right, Joe Dolera, what are your favorite bets for the win totals for the season? So uh, I, I'll start with I'll start with probably my favorite one. It's Miami Heat under forty five and a half wins. Uh, I bet this when it came out at forty eight and a half. I think this number is ridiculous. Um, look, they were like seconds away from being eliminated in the play in tournament last year. They lost four rotation players. That's significant depth on a team that has had significant injury history. Right. I think that. If you want to forego the win total bet itself, okay, because the numbers to for them to be in the play in and to miss the playoffs are still just wrong. Like they're just bad numbers here. Um, to be in the play in is plus two fifty. To miss the playoffs entirely is plus four seventy five. And what that means is like you can lose in the play in. If you look at the Eastern Conference, the top didn't get worse. They just didn't get worse. Like there's not a lot of upward mobility for a team that's relying on like 
players that have just gotten older. And I know like Tyler Hero, you know, obviously like he missed the playoff run uh, with the injury, but like, I don't like, I don't think that he, it's not like they didn't have him last year. Like they had him in the regular season. So I think that this is a good way because I do like Jim's angle on Atlanta. Um, I'm really high on the Indiana Pacers. I like their win total at like 37 and a half, 38 and a half, but that's already moved up three wins since the open. And I also like the Orlando Magic. So I think that when you look at the Eastern Conference, there's been kind of an improvement especially with those teams at the bottom while the top has not really gotten worse except for maybe a little bit a little bit of tumultuousness in uh Philadelphia. So I do like these are my two of my favorite angles uh to back Miami or to not back Miami uh probably a better way to phrase it, but I do like them to be in the play in. I don't think they're the bottom is going to totally fall out. Um and I think that you can kind of use all of these to fund that miss the playoffs ticket at plus 475 um and see if you can kind of take this as a a downward escalator, I would say. So we're hating on the Suns <laughs> and the Heat here. Okay, we're hating on Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, uh, and Jimmy Butler. Like Maria Marino alone is just gonna be th- is just gonna be yelling. Let alone Bryant Lateka, who we work with. Like, there's gonna be so much, you know. Um, and Brandon and I are already labeled heat haters. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't know I don't know what to make of Miami. To be perfectly honest, like I've looked at that number a lot. They're very con- like they're the the local folks are very confident from a team level, from a local media level, from a fan level. There's a lot of confidence in Cole Swider and Nicole, Nikola Jovic and Jaime Jaquez as a rookie, and like these are all all names that I don't like to just dismiss unknown because we, a lot of times we don't hear about the guys that do make those kind of jumps. Like I actually like Orlando Robinson quite a bit. And I really like Haywood Highsmith. Like I think, I think Haywood Highsmith is a rotation NBA player and like that stuff matters. The injury stuff I think is actually what's kind of interesting with this is just like, can they keep their guys on the floor? Cause like Kyle Lowry is like two yeah. steps in the golf course, like at all times. And you know, bam has missed time the last two seasons and makes these deep playoff runs those deep playoff runs really do hurt you. Like it's, it's tough to go back and, and, and play in enough games. And Jimmy's a former tips. I'll say this. Jimmy has out exceeded everybody's estimation when he was in Minnesota. One of the reasons that a lot of, of teams were skittish on him was not his personality, which is, uh, challenging, but even in Miami, but it's instead like I heard from a lot of executives that were just like, I can't take a Tibbs guy into his mid thirties. Like he's going yeah. to be dust. And instead, like he's plugging along and still coming up with 50 burgers in the playoffs to knock out the bucks, like credit to Jimmy buckets. But you are always kind of worried about, okay, but is the other shoe going to drop? You don't worry about the other shoe dropping with some of the other superstars that you can rely on in this league. So uh, I think it's a tough one. Uh, I applaud the, the audaciousness of both you and Brandon and hating to this degree. Um, both of you are in alignment with Brandon on one of his key hater picks, both the Suns and the heat. So uh, props to you guys for aligning with our guy, Brandon. All right. Uh, <laughs> next try. up, let's see what analytics capper Albert Wynn has to say. All right, AC, the analytics capper. What are your best bets for win totals for the 2023-24 NBA season? Yeah, my win totals, Matt, I have two. I like the Hawks over 42 and a half wins. I think uh, that team is 
um, about to take off, to be honest. I think they're going to surprise some people in the East. And I think East, for the most part, is has taken a step back. And then my second one is going to be the Heat under 45 and a half wins. So a couple of Eastern Conference teams. Okay, on the uh, Hawks, what is it that you like the most about them? I think they finally have an identity. I think for the longest time, um, whether it's the previous coach, um, the previous systems, I think they didn't have the camaraderie. I think now, you know, having a coach in for a full season, for a full training camp, I do like this team. And I mean, with, with Trey and DeJounte, it's, it's put up or shut up time now. So at this stage in the careers and way that, where they are in their physical lives, I think it's, it's a great spot for the, to back the Hawks. All right. AC likes the Hawks over and the Heat under. All right. Join me now, Brian Fonseca. You can find him on the Action Network and in the Action Network app. Brian, you got some win totals for me? Yes, I do. Um, how do you feel? Because I seem to be one of the only people in my circle uh, low on the Sixers this year. And I think there's being a lot made about the Heat potentially falling apart, maybe the Clippers falling apart, whatever the case may be. Uh, other teams in the NBA. And I'm looking at the Sixers and I'm like, are we sure they're going to get? And I saw their over under being at 49 and a half. So I, I just don't think this is a 50 win team at this point right now. Uh, heading into the season, given that while I am low on James Harden, and I think that could potentially be addition by subtraction, I still think that that's sort of hanging over their heads in the background. And Joel Embiid has been relatively healthy. One of the things I factor in when betting is injuries do happen. So is this going to be a year where he misses significant time as opposed to, you know, just playing 60 something, 70 games or whatever the case may be? Yeah, so I, I look my model projection really likes them based off of a lot of factors. Um, I think it's one of those where if they don't get anything for Harden, if they get Terrence Mann in two seconds, right, or Terrence Mann in two swaps, that that's a major downgrade. And now we're looking at like forty six and a half, forty seven and a half. Uh, right. But if they were to get return for Harden. I still think that the the floor on this team is pretty high because it's just like you, you go up and down the roster and you're just like, OK, Joel. For all my criticisms of him, Joel scores a ton of points, is a massive force. You have to contend with him, all these types of things. He's a great pick-and-pop weapon. Tyrese Maxey, really talented player. P.J. Tucker, the number of things that P.J. Tucker does that do not show up in the box score, like the, the list is very, very long. When I do these uh, clip breakdowns and I'm watching other teams, every time that they play the Sixers, like I'll watch like pick-and-roll, like, oh, I'm going to go through and watch like whoever, Tyus Jones and how he plays pick-and-roll or – uh, John Moran or even like the Warriors and you'll just be like every time the Sixers come up in these clip threads it'll be like oh there, there's PJ Tucker fucking up another possession oh fucked up that pick and roll like just he just fucks up possessions and that's one of the things that PJ Tucker's amazing at they lost Niang which I think hurts their shooting but they do believe in some of the young guys Nurse I honestly don't know if Nurse raises their floor higher in regular season than than Doc does I think he's better for Agreed. playoff environments it's like if you gotta win one game I'd rather have Nurse than Doc but if I gotta win 50 out of 82 I think it's pretty negligible the difference between the two so agree um I don't blame you. I just, for me, it's like, why, why bet this if you don't know what's going to happen? Like, you don't know if some team's going to get desperate and trade for Harden and send good pieces. You know, I've, I've mentioned the Bulls a lot as, as that's not reported, but like a speculative component. If like they moved Levine for Harden, would you still want the under if, at 49 and a half? If they got Zach Levine to go with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid? Probably. Okay. I probably would. 50 is just a high number for me it with is. this team in particular this year. when. 
I already know there's at least two teams in the East better, but I could like it wouldn't surprise me if like the Knicks won the season series against them, for yeah. example, right? It wouldn't surprise me if I'm looking at like oh the Hawks got them once or twice, the Heat obviously matched up well against them, and you go on down the line and list the teams in the Eastern Conference, and I just look at Philadelphia and I'm like, why are they being pegged? And I know why it's because of pedigree, because of Joel Embiid, because of the presumed bump that Tyrese Maxey will have in production, but. And sort of looking at their pieces, and I do have questions about Nick Nurse, but we don't have the time for that. 49 <laughs> and a half just seems high. Okay. And I think the East has two teams that I feel confident in. They're getting 50 wins. And I kind of think that's it. What else you got? Oh, uh, you mentioned the Bulls. Um, I think that if they don't do something like a James Harden, I, I don't know how much James Harden would help them, but if they don't do something, they're a team that I've been looking at there under because I think they have the potential to go sideways and DeMar DeRozan, given his contract situation, which is almost up, he's somebody that I think other contenders should be interested in at some points this year. Um, And I think the Bulls could go sideways because I don't like basically how they stack up against the rest of the Eastern Conference, needing they, knowing that they need to do something. But is that something actually going for it? Or is that something taking a step back? I think they should actually rebuild. So I'm going under on the Bulls, which I saw that at 37 and a half. I feel like if I'm looking at them being a, a near 500 team, that this doesn't make a lot of sense to me because there are teams even in that lower tier of the Eastern Conference that I think could be comparable to them. Like, I, I'm not sure the Bulls are better than the Nets, are you? No, but I think they're better than 37 and a half. I think that's the problem is like if everything's kind of truncated with parity, I think it's tough. The other thing I would say is like the Nets are much more likely than the Bulls to reverse course and go the other direction. Like, uh, depending on if the I I do not have off the top of my head if the Nets pick is is guaranteed for them this season or not. For it's one of the one the millions that they owe in various trades. Um, the one thing I would I would caution is there is no signal that the Reinsdorf family is willing to suffer a rebuild. Like they seem perfectly happy to win 40 games, make a play in, hopefully make the playoffs and get the playoff revenue. Like, but do you think that team is that good though? Do you think they're, do you think they're good? Like a good team? No, but do you have to be to be, to get in the play in tournament? Like, do you have to, I guess here's a question. Do you think you have to be good to win 38 games? I think you need to be healthy at least. And there's already, (laughs) I mean, Vooch is pretty consistent. Zach's had some problems. Demar doesn't really miss time. Caruso misses time. Uh, yeah. Kobe White looks pretty good. I actually like. I think a lot of it for me is coaching. I'm off OU on this. I like the Bulls over, uh, but it's an interesting pick. Like I think it's. I think it's interesting. Like if they finally do reach a point where management is like, we gotta get a star in here. I just have no signal that ownership is ever gonna be there. Like they just seem completely happy being uh, 40 wins in a cloud of dust. So maybe, but I think they're gonna struggle to get there because like. Like, I like the Pacers this year, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Nets, I think, are going to be interesting. I don't know what direction I'd go on them. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm looking at a team like, we think Orlando. Some people think Orlando is going to make this jump to maybe consider, maybe maybe play in consideration at the very least. Yeah. Are they going to be feisty enough to get to, because their over-under is actually in the same territory. I was looking mm-hmm. at it at 36 and a half, being like, that's pretty high from what I'm used to Orlando Magic Basketball being over the last yeah. seven years. Um, and I'm like, as somebody who likes the team, that felt a little steep. But I think these are all teams that the Bulls, if I'm looking at them just playing a game, I'm like, the Bulls are not definitely going to beat the Magic in a game. 
and they're going to need to beat these teams in order to get that over. So I'm just looking at the the sort of teams in that, I guess, 7 to 10 range that you would expect to be in a play-in. And it's like Toronto, Atlanta. Like, these are all teams that I'm like, yeah, you could talk me into each of, each of them being better than Chicago. Um, okay. Unless things totally break right. Like, I really like DeMar DeRozan and what he's been doing. How much of that is going to factor into, like, their win total at the end of the year? I yeah. don't know. I mean, look, I'm, I'm with you on their team that's going nowhere. But nowhere in the NBA yeah. is exactly 40 wins. That's nowhere in the NBA. You're not able to say you're above 500. You're not able to say you made the playoffs. You didn't get a good draft pick. You're just there. That's 40 wins. That's an over. So uh, you got any others for me or is that? The last one is just the Clippers. I don't know uh, how you feel about this, but I was seeing 47 and a half. And I'm just like, are they going to like, are, are these guys going to play? I guess is my question, right? This is more of a hesitancy one for me. I'm not even sure if I'm going to bet it. But I was kind of leaning under just because are these guys going to play? And then on top of that, even though I like Tyron Boo, when they've had other guys on their team uh, playing, I felt like, I, I, I don't know, I just feel like this roster looking at it up and down. I do like uh, adding Kenya Martin Jr. But I feel like this roster is just not as good as it was before. They've aged a little bit. Yeah. You know, Batum, Covington, like, I just I just don't, like, they still have Marcus Morris somehow, and I expected him to be gone each of the last couple seasons. Um, I'm not really a Bones Highland guy. Uh, Russell Westbrook for a full season, we'll see. Uh, but Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, like, are they going to play? I think I think there's real value in, like, just taking the under, betting against all those things, because I just don't think this is a, a great Clippers team, and I think this is more of a, Maybe a Zach Lowe would say a hypothetical team. If all things work out, things could be things could hit their ceiling. But I just I just don't particularly see it, um, especially given like the Western Conference is just one big just shitstorm. Because I have no idea beyond Denver and perhaps Phoenix who's actually going to be really good in the regular season. Yeah, I don't know that there's a necessarily a bad bet on the Clippers is a thing. I think if you bet they're over because you're just like yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna play, then yeah, they're absolutely gonna hit over. If you're like I'm gonna bet under because they never play. Totally could happen, hundred percent. Like I don't think there's a there's a bad play on them. We talked about our our divisions, our our division stuff. I took the division on them because I'm just like, look, if everybody plays and they try, they're gonna be really good. I don't know if they're going to, but I'm getting five to one on it. Um, I don't mind an under play on them at all. I think it's good to if you just kind of been skeptical of their availability. I think a lot of this is just like a question of how much of the conversation that the league has tried to instill and that the players union has tried to instill on cutting down load management. Does that is quite care? Like that to me is a big, a big, the biggest question here is like he was really defensive at media day. Um, oftentimes when guys are media are defensive like that, they don't change their behavior. They double down on it. So I'm not expecting Kawhi to play back to backs. It's not what I'm expecting. And so that changes the dynamics of it. Paul George is a different deal though. Paul George may take this, this season really seriously and like really ball out and really try and get in, you know, 60 plus games. Um, they sound like they are more dedicated to caring about the regular season, but they're going to have to kind of show us, I think, before we, we change the, the the priors on that. So I don't blame you uh, at all for taking the under. That's Brian Fonseca. You can catch him in the Action Network uh, on both, not only on the NBA side, but also make sure to cover his great boxing stuff. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with an episode doing stat props. Make sure to check that out. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as well as our great video crew. We'll check out guys out again tomorrow as we continue our Best Bets episodes. Till then... Let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.